0: Ethel's Travel Tales Accounts from an Addicted Travel Photographer by Ethel Davies During my 35 years as a freelance travel photographer, the notes I've kept for myself turned out to be full of some very interesting stories. Now they've been organized and themed for audio consumption. I hope you enjoy hearing the tales nearly as much as I enjoyed experiencing them. Local Ceremonies, Trinidad Carnival, February 1986, Port of Spain, Trinidad. A typical dreary February in London had me pacing, and the image bank had an on-tap photographer who was wasting away doing very little. Pictures of beautiful beaches were a big thing in advertising, generally cheering everyone up at this time of year, especially in the midst of winter when most people were in the post-Christmas, pre-Easter doldrums. My boss and I talked about sending me to the Caribbean to shoot some of these views, a prospect I really liked. I had never been there and, of course, had heard many, many things about that area of the world. Go ahead and do the research, said my boss. The timing was such that I could hit Carnival in Trinidad and then continue to some of the other islands. Somehow I managed to put together a package that the library agreed with, and off I went to the sun from the depths of grey. Trinidad. Wow, it's going to take me a while to get used to this place. It's completely different from anything I've seen. There's the occasional reassuring comfort, like U.S. programs on TV, but it really is like nowhere I've been before. I got my first real glimpse of Port of Spain, the capital, two minutes ago when I walked into the breakfast room of this rather nice hotel on the eighth floor. Blue sea on the horizon. Green, green trees of all varieties in the foreground and red and white houses dotting the foreground high hills. In the distance, beyond the tree-covered hills and under the cloud cover are, perhaps, mountains. It's what I imagine the Caribbean should look like away from the beaches. I'm resting here in the calm before the storm. Carnival is a big deal with some sort of event every day. For all this theory of relax and take it easy, I'm still going to be rushed like mad. I must also go to Trinidad's sister island, Tobago. But when? Ah, there's a fabulous breeze up here. I'm sure it's steaming down there in the town. More impressions? Not fair, having only seen the place from the very crowded and very laid-back customs and immigration. At least my luggage didn't get sent to Caracas in the neighboring country of Venezuela. The first views were only in the dark while riding in the taxi through the streets, as there's not much public lighting, and this morning from the high-rise view. The people are very friendly so far. Well, some are very friendly, some just seem a bit wary, but the feeling is good. Glimpses of things yesterday that I hope to pursue today. Next day, my first full day in Port of Spain, the capital. I shot all of one roll as I spent most of the day waiting for permission to photograph Carnival. It's a long-convoluted story that involved visiting the tourist office at least twice. Then I had to go to the Carnival Development Committee, who not only required considerable references and four passport photos, but also initially asked for $1,000 for permission. I think I've negotiated it down to two to $300, but I'll still have to wait till Saturday to find out if I've been accepted. In the meantime, I discovered that flights to the neighboring Chillot island of Tobago, a must for me as the beaches are supposed to be stunning, were almost impossible to come by, so the tourist board had to wangle a package for me. Once booked, I still had to wait an hour just to collect the tickets, and I got roped into an expensive hotel there. I'd still be able to sneak away for a few days before the madness of Carnival really got going, the calm before the storm, I suspect. This place is truly exhausting me. The weather is hot and steamy, with a rainstorm in the middle of the day that didn't cause the temperature to drop at all. The men try to chat me up all the time. Sometimes I smile, sometimes I say a few words, sometimes I just ignore them. But the effort exhausts me. Some of these guys I'm sure are very nice, but I really don't want to talk to them. I wish I could wear a stein that said so. In any case, Carnival is allegedly a crazy time. If the West Indians are laid back, they make up for it at Carnival, or maybe it's just here in Trinidad. The place bustles. The following day, it's very hard to believe I've been here for two days. It feels more like a couple of weeks. I've met so many people who've been incredibly kind. Yesterday, the New Musical Express journalist who wants pics. Today, the Houston Chronicle travel writer who photographed me As a model, Connie and crew, the ex-Canadian, now temporary Trinidadians, who the government hired to set up cleaning maintenance companies, and they decided that I'm a guest to show around. I'm looking forward to Carnival with very mixed feelings. Excitement, terror, aware of hundreds of opportunities, but afraid I'll blow them. Will my energy hold up? This evening, after a shower and a nap, I thought I'd been struck down by a tropical disease. Will I be in the right place at the right time? With a whole city flooded with foreign tourists, journalists, film crews, and photographers, where's the best place to be? I'm assuming the money I'll be spending to get permission will get me a good place from which to shoot. But will it be the best angles? Yikes! I'm feeling the unexpected, no doubt. How much happier I'd be if I'd done this before. Mm. Tobago. On to today after having arrived here yesterday. Tobago, and even more specifically, Pigeon Point. At breakfast, at which a simple juice, toast, and coffee turned into an extravaganza of fresh pineapple, mango, and watermelon, I met a Houston chronicler and a Trinidad and tourist officer who happened to be accompanied by a car. So first things first, we drove to Pigeon Point. Wow! When we arrived, it was almost entirely ours. Quiet, long stretch of white sand, unbelievably clear turquoise water, and beautiful bowing palms. A long pier with a native in a red shirt made the photograph almost perfect. Then came the school children, whom I later photographed playing cricket, other day-trippers, and finally the crews. The arrival of the ship was not as bad as at first sounds. It brought out the local basket weavers, panned band, i.e. steel drums, and people to go with the nice beach scenery. The weather was very mixed, heavy clouds, heavy rain, sun breaking through with dark clouds. I wished Green Islands didn't get that way without precipitation. Rather than spreading myself too thin, however, and dash around the entire island, I decided to stay here all day from 8.30 in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon. I met Connie and crew, the Englishwoman who was so certain I was Helen Mirren that even after being introduced, she still preferred to call me Helen, the lifeguard with one of the most beautiful bodies I've ever seen in real life, the couple who won the $4,000 cruise for a $5 raffle ticket, and many other characters, too much beer while I waited for the sun. Oh yes, the Australian oil rigger working in Alberta and Northwest Territories who flew down to expensive Trinidad for his one week's vacation. Who are these characters on my right, mentioning Khashoggi's The Shah, The Queen, Richard Nixon, etc., and that glamour puss who supposedly has a different outfit for every day she's here? I'm exhausted again. I think I'll go to bed and look forward to my breakfast tomorrow. Fingers crossed for good weather for the first real recce. The next day, Tobago and then back to Port of Spain. I better make this quick because I really should be getting ready for Junior Carnival. Okay, now yesterday was probably the greatest contrast in my life. In the morning, I was sitting in the shade of a palm tree in cool white sand watching fishermen pull in the nets in a quiet cove. Later I was collected by a glass bottom boat driver and watched my companion swim in the sea all around me. It was idyllic and quiet. Then when I returned to Port of Spain, in the night, up until 1am I was bopping to two live Calypso bands in the car park of the 18 story Holiday Inn. With such a large crowd, I could hardly move. My ears are still half deaf this morning, and the people! In the afternoon, still at Tobago store bay, being entertained by a nice-looking Rasta, clutching a live lobster in one hand and taking my old Coke tin and watering a plant with it in the other. He discussed his positive attitude to tourists and his resentment at the tourist office not doing enough to promote Tobago. And in the evening on the ninth floor of the K Park Hotel overlooking Port of Spain, I joined informally with a 25-you-get-egg-roll meal. I being very enthusiastically chatted up by that short bearded and teddy bearish George, the Houston Chronicler. <music> Carnival! Okay, here goes. Back in Port of Spain, I got my press pass when I returned unable to hear very well from the fate at the Holiday Inn at 1 a.m. from the night before. I strongly suspect that my cordial thank you to the host of that event, who happened to be the head of the Trinidad and Tobago Tourist Board, guaranteed my pass. As someone rightfully pointed out, no one normally does business at 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. Suddenly, everything felt better and a lot of the nervousness was gone. I did manage to photograph Junior Carnival, lots of kids in bright-colored costumes. Unfortunately, the sun went in for just about the entire parade, but it did make the light more even. The pan final. I just got my first chance to use the press pass in the enclosure, that's literally next to the stage, with an option of climbing the scaffold, if necessary. The pan competition with over a hundred players, each manning four drums, that is 400 steel drums being used at once, was unearthly. The performance was not only perfect sound wise, but also entertaining to watch. The players were flawless and so obviously enjoying themselves tremendously. But the sound, steel drum is so unusual and pure, Even singly, but 400 of them playing arrangements at least as intricate as compositions for a full orchestra had me enthralled and open-mouthed. A brief break, then more madness. Connie, Mike, Louise, and Jim, the Canadian crew, collected me at 10 a.m. and we went to Maracas Bay. I swam and jumped in the waves. It was overcast all day, so no guilt about not being able to take idyllic photos. I was surrounded by lots of people, both younger and older, than I was. Then on to Dimanche Gras, or Fat Tuesday. The big show. Basically, these were the finals for the King and Queen of Carnival, as well as the Carnival Calypso King. The King and Queen of Carnival, which were two separate events, were full of the elaborate costumes one imagines. I had a terrific view from the top of the scuffled, although due to the tungsten lights, I had to shoot with the medium format heavyweight camera and had my usual changing film problems. There was so much action and I still had to manually change the role every 10 shots. The six finalists in the Calypso King competition each had to sing two songs. The amazing thing is that the music has been playing so much that I knew the lyrics to all 12 in the span of five days just from hearing them in the street. The loudspeakers everywhere gave one a familiarity with the songs, but live performance, of course, is still best. Juve. Okay, here we leap into the realm of the primitive, anarchic, and whimsical. At 3.30 in the morning, we arrived at Jennifer and Ashley's to put on horns and a tail. We then proceeded in pitch blackness to Adam Smith Square to cover our arms, legs, and faces with a mixture of cocoa and bath oil. That was to make all of us look the same color. Then, to the accompaniment of a moving large truck full of loudspeakers, we danced all through the dark streets of Port of Spain to the same calypso music we've been hearing all week. There were thousands of us rhythmically swaying and lots of people on the streets watching. I stuck until 6.30 a.m. when the dawn broke and the parade ended up a block away from my hotel. I slept an hour, had breakfast, and planned perhaps to sleep a bit more. But it's all getting too interesting again. My poor feet. The last throws. I haven't added to my notes for a bit, but since last written, I've had two days of carnival. Day one after Juvet was more of a dry run for Tuesday as in Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday, although it was beautiful weather and I did do some general shots of the town. In preparation for day two, I had had my first good night's sleep and was ready for it, but it was still an extraordinary experience. I headed for street level and shot at Victoria Square. Band after band, that is thousands of people, one after another came marching through. I had to concentrate more on individuals and color. Later when the light shifted, I was invited up to the fourth floor in an apartment block and had the general grand views from some aerial street scenes. Then on to the Savannah where I took some shots from the scaffold of the bands coming on stage. Now, that was incredible. People thickly thronged in the most lavish costumes, sometimes doing the most amazing things. I managed that time to stay till the end. Later, Terry Joseph, executive manager of the Carnival Development Committee, and I I found somewhat attractive, maybe due to the erotic charge atmosphere of the heat and those racy costumes, and his female cousin gave me a lift back to the hotel. But first, we stopped at the cousin's family's house. They offered me food, breadfruit, which tastes a bit like potato, with Kalaloo sauce. I was introduced to a Trinidadian family in situ, a large house, old-fashioned layout, but with the newest electric appliances. They were all a bit kind of mixed race, a sort of black Chinese look, which explains why the cousin was so pretty. I chatted a bit until the evening came to an end. Terry and his wife dropped me back at the hotel. Having had the very filling breadfruit. I wasn't hungry and went to bed totally exhausted. I ended up having another incredibly sound sleep. The next day, all was over. The town was surprisingly quiet. Perhaps all of us were suffering from excitement and other hangovers. Well, I still had six more Caribbean nations to explore, so I suppose it really was time to move on. In any case, it would probably take a day or two on a quiet, idyllic beach to recover from the carnival experience. That was my excuse, and I'm going to stick to it.